live, live from the studio. Studio slash balcony. The first on a chilly fall night. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is. Uh, I know summer doesn't officially begin until what is it? The 21st Saturday. <laughs> no, fall begins. Oh, Saturday. fall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spring, dude. What the fuck? Oh shit. No. Uh, yeah, fall begins Saturday, but I mean, fall is already here from the the feel of it. We're, yeah, we're dude. out here on the pad on the balcony with some flip flops mm-hmm. on at like 11 at night. We got flip flops. It's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. I was uh I went on a beach vacation last week with my mom and brother, and uh, that's like the second week of September it was, and um, it was just kind of depressing, dude. Because really? it was like summer like, was is over. Warm? Like the boardwalk was just yeah sad. It was like vacant. It wasn't vacant. Like there were still people, but it was like so many of the shops were closed. Like and they 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 have they close it in like the most depressing fashion too. They do it with like they like slide down this steel door and it's like summer's over. Like, Jeez, yeah, see you next summer. Yeah, and it was beautiful Fuck. weather. Beautiful weather, but you yeah, I was at uh, Jersey. Uh huh. Yeah, you guys usually go to Wild. No, no, no. Right? We went to Ocean City this time. Oh shit! Yeah, and I know your family. Alex is telling me your family used to go in the winter sometimes. Yeah. Which I imagine, like, ever since he, I think we were talking about it one night, me and Alex, and he was like, uh, he was like, uh, yeah, man, like there when there was snow on the beach and the ocean runs up to the snow and it's like that's got to be crazy looking. I was looking at my window. I was like, that's yeah. gonna be like you're on a fucking Alaskan tundra, like Antarctica or something. I think I might have been like too young to remember that, but I do remember going like in the fall. Once or twice, but like, yeah, it's kind of weird because you're like there in like your winter clothes, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, you can go to the beach, but you can't. You just like look at it. The thing is, I don't understand the anything. Point. Like, I mean, it's you know, it's just like a little vacation. Yeah, that's true. Break from the norm. You yeah. do get to see the ocean still, and like, you know, we would go to Ponzetti's and mm-hmm. we went to get Ponzetti's. Fisher popcorn and do all that fucking Ocean City bullshit. We went to Ponzetti's. And we'd uh, like check out like yeah. the Sea Sea City Museum or whatever. You know what I mean? It's a very winter Ocean City thing yeah, to do. Winter, yeah. winter. winter. Yeah, there's just there's like enough things that you can do. Like you can still play mini golf and all that dumb shit. Oh, really? Like, cool. But you know, I mean, it's but it's a beach in the winter which kind of sucks well the way our schedules worked out like that was the only week that i was really able to get off all my gigs for so we had to pick that week and um i i tried my best to maintain the summer state of mind until the end of that and as soon as i got back from that vacation i was like you know i I hate to be like a basic bitch but i'm ready for fall like i the weather gets a little chilly you see the leaves and you're like that smell in the air, that like fall. You're ready scent. for You're some like, pumpkin spice lattes, dude. I always get one every year. Every year <laughs> on like the first like real fall day, I go and I get myself a pumpkin spice latte, and that's my. Uh, I just do it once, just once, but I do do that. So I can't make fun of you, basic bitches, for that because I, I do that. I wear my I UGG boots. <laughs> do girls still wear UGG boots? Is that still a thing? I think so, right? I have no idea what girl fashion is anymore. I remember why it wouldn't be like the. The the outfit was always black leggings with UGG boots and like a North Face jacket when we were in college. Yeah, everyone would make the joke that girls just dressed up like Han Solo. <laughs> and then th- that was that. I mean, that was like 2011 when girls were doing that. And then when I was at Melting Pot in 2015, 
I was working with like a couple girls that were younger and I made like a basic bitch joke from the bar saying like, what are you going to wear like leggings and a North face? And the girl was like, um, nobody wears North faces anymore. And I was like, oh it's, shit, I'm yeah, already actually, an old man. It's Ugg boots and a Patagonia now. Dude, that is exactly what she said. <laughs> I swear to God, she said, nobody wears North face anymore. It's Patagonia. I was like, oh shit. That's so <laughs> but lame. But now it's something. I don't even know what it is now. Now everyone, I think like the new winter thing um, is like Canada Goose or whatever. Canada Goose. Yeah, I am. They're like down that. jackets, but they're also like super expensive. So like you'll see that kind of basic bitch in like D.C. or New York or something. You know what I That's mean? A classic. There's, it's DC like a different bitch. class of basic bitch. <laughs> next level basic. Not even next level. It's just like a wealthier bitch. <laughs> she can afford Canada Goose and fucking. <laughs> Like, beaten seal club fucking <laughs> loafers. Yeah, actually, yeah. there's still blood circulation in <laughs> the boot, so um, it stays warm in the winter. Yeah, I'm getting warm with this dead <laughs> goose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to slightly keep it alive, and it'll stay warm for your feet. <laughs> this is when everything gets too real, because every year, I don't know what happens to all the clothes I used to wear from last year. Right. I don't know where any of my jackets are. I don't know right. where any of my, like, anything that I wear. It's all gone. I have, I know I have one big, like, parka jacket packed up somewhere. Yeah, that's, like, that is you, and the purple, purple parka. It's, like, maroonish. <laughs> oh, okay. Burgundy. Burgundy, yeah. Burgundy. It's more red than purple. But yeah, burgundy parka with the orange interior. I think I'm gonna splurge on a pea coat for winter this year. Winter's a season I don't get excited for. Like fall is the last fun season. It's like spring, summer, fall. That's a cool ride, and then winter it's just like, oh great, oh great. It's gonna be miserable. Yeah, time's gonna be sad all winter. It's gonna be sad all winter. See, last year I had the benefit of, I you know when I I had to move back in with my my folks in that March. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back out with my brother in November, so November was actually a happy time, because even though it was winter, I was like, "Oh, I'm finally back, finally back in the again. mix, baby, back yeah, in the mix." Dude. So I like offset the cabin fever. But this year, after cool spending, cabin, dude. after grilling on the balcony, fucking <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit, like <laughs> winter's gonna flow, dude. I'm gonna have to winter shovel my balcony. It's gonna suck. <laughs> shovel my balcony and throw it over the. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on the fucking Now that I'm thinking about it, is that what we're gonna have to do? <laughs> Throw it eleven stories. <laughs> what else yeah, was I don't know. Do? You can't like fucking put it down the garbage disposal. <laughs> Break it again. Call the Break. maintenance guy. <laughs> What'd you do this time? Uh, I shoved my balcony, emptied it into my sink. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know we could do the that. protocol, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Dude, it'd be funny if you like had to call your maintenance man to like shovel your balcony. <laughs> I can't get around my balcony. Shovel a path from the door two feet to the ledge. <laughs> like shoveling a path for your dog to get to the yard, but it's just for you to get to your table and one chair. That is that is really speaking of dogs. I guess it's two chairs. I'm sitting in one. Two chairs, dude. Two chairs, yeah. I know. Two I'm sorry. Disposable foldable chairs. <laughs> two used chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But until then it's nice right now. It's nice right now, dude. Dude, I've had a uh 
busy, busy week since our last cast. Yeah, it's been a while since but we it's also cast. Yeah, it's been like a little over a week, but you know, we've been doing shit. We've been bumping. We've been grinding. We've been making moves. I don't want to disclose anything right now, but let's just say we've been joking about it for years. We've been fake sponsored by Miller High Life, Camel Crush, Evan Williams, GT Pizza, Top Shelf Liquors. But we actually have a real endorsement. Yeah, we'll, real we'll, maybe we'll talk about that a little later. We will. We, we will. can when when the time comes for the sponsor section of the show. Oh <laughs> we'll no, no, talk no. About it. <laughs> 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 we can't let you know on this episode. Oh, Did we you can't? get yours in the mail yet? Well, no. no. I'm getting mine tomorrow in the mail. Okay. Did you get yours? No, not yet. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to do the plug until next episode. I just wanted well, to give you guys a little teaser. Well, I mean, I think the promo code is active now. True, but they. But also, we want to actually use the product. Yeah, we. Got, I got to use the product. I got to talk about it from personal experience. I want to yeah, tell you exactly. guys exactly how it goes. Yeah, I'll take video of me using it, <laughs> and we'll put it up. This all makes sense next week. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, a sponsor we're both very excited for. I think our fans are excited for. I think it. you guys be very excited, dude. <laughs> I think you guys be very excited for this one. Uh, That's shit. big time news. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun. It's a little teaser for next week. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, we'll I be mean, a little more aerodynamic next week. <laughs> <laughs> be a little smoother when we're talking about the sponsor next week. Smooth. Yeah. We'll go about it in a smoother fashion. That's all I want to talk about right now. That's all. <laughs> all, all I, I want to do is talk about this. <laughs> all I want to do <laughs> is tell you guys about the most important part of our week that we're not allowed to talk about at all. <laughs> <laughs> um oh well so one cool thing I did I think it was I guess it was last week now um I think it was the 13th I think it was last uh shit was it Thursday Was that the 13th? Yeah. Friday the 13th been. was this morning. Oh so no it was the 12th so it was on Thursday. It was an album release show for uh JPEG Mafia. Oh, Baltimore's sweet. own. Um, I saw pictures from that. And yeah, he had a boiler room put on a show at the 8x10 for his album release. And uh, I saw a bunch of our friends of the cast there. I saw the boys from Ricky Bad Sounds. Nice. I saw Bailey from Free Time. Um, sweet. The good crew at the the event. A bunch of Baltimore artists like went up before jpeg you know he like mm-hmm. gave back to all the people he was like coming up with and shit that's awesome so like butch dawson went up uh abdul ali a couple djs i've seen at the crown before and then uh a couple of new people i haven't seen before they're really good though baby Kahlo and hey miss cam shout out those those girls um but that was one of the craziest shows I've been to in a while. Like, it reminded me of going to, like, the old, like, Odd Future shows back at oh, sick. Sonar. And, like, it was fucking crazy. Like, even for, like, the opening acts, people are fucking moshing. And, like, it was just so funny. It was so funny just to see, like, the kind of people that showed up, too. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you never know. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, newer rap artists, too, like... um like, they'll blow up, and then, like, I feel it'll be funny because, like, you'll see them at a festival, and it'll be all, like, 
16 year old white kids <laughs> but it was like it was definitely like a baltimore crowd like it was very mixed like uh so it was super fun uh he fucking staved staged of so much and like a so bunch dumb. of random like people from the audience were stage diving and like it was such a wild thing it was so funny too like one of my big pet peeves that they like started at concerts recently is like you know how sometimes an, an artist on stage will have like a water bottle and shake it up for the crowd classic just fucking people like kids in the crowd will just do that shit now and it's like you're not special you yeah. don't have the you can't do this yeah like people have their phones out and cameras out like stop fucking throwing your beer around and one kid did that shit before jpeg even went up and a bouncer saw it and just grabbed him and threw him out the back. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank God, dude. Yeah, dude, you can't be fuck doing the water people. bottle splash when but you're not with, like, on stage. They did like a beer, dude. Oh, come like, on, fuck dude. you. Jesus, that sucks. Yeah. Get beer on everybody. Yeah, yeah, like, get the fuck out of here, Weird. loser. Um, That was fun. Went to... um. Uh, Eric Andre on Monday. Oh, he was shit. in DC at the Warner Theater for his tour. That was fucking crazy too. That was super funny. Um, his opener, Sarah Squirm, actually toured through Baltimore a couple months ago with her like Hell Trap Nightmare show, which is super funny. And she was actually his opener. So like me and Liz went to see him and she had like a shirt from their show in Baltimore. And was like taking pictures on stage for her and she like shouted her out in her story it was cool nice um and i saw i saw will beckman there oh for the eric andre show Hell, yeah did you not know he was gonna be there no i didn't know he was gonna be there me and liz were like going in to get our seats and i just heard someone say eric eric <laughs> and i was like i mean i'm not gonna like I hear Eric and Eric Andre show, and I don't assume it's for me, you know? <laughs> Especially in, like, a giant room of people waiting in to get their seats. And I'm like, all right, I'm sure they're just talking about Eric Fan Andre Fan of the podcast, obviously. And then Someone I look over, I'm like, oh, shit. I see fucking Will with his, like, devil-ass goatee and long hair. <laughs> and he's there with his girlfriend and I think her dad. Nice. And, uh, yeah, they said they got, like, last-minute tickets to the show. That's awesome. I only ever see Will by surprise these days, yeah, dude. Right. Will is a surprise pop-up in my life. He's I like a it, rare, though. a rare sighting, dude. But always a good sighting. Yeah, you got a fucking big week. I, I don't even, I'm, like, completely blanking on anything I've that I've done other yet. shit, too, and I can't remember <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, it's been that big of a week. I know, it's like... I well, no went clue. to the point on Friday for you. That was fun. The point was awesome. The point was cool. But uh, our show at the horse on the Sunday before, Labor Day Sunday, was fucking awesome, dude. Fuck yeah. We fucking uh, slayed. I know we still got to get on that film in that uh, scene for four and a half stars, too. Yeah, yeah. We got to do that eventually. Yeah. I mean, we're we're still editing that, so. We've been doing... um. We've been doing uh, a lot more originals in our sets, and uh, the one song we've been working on has been really fucking, really grooving with everybody we've played, you know? like mm -hmm. and, and, and the way I always look at it is, like, when you're playing a cover show, you know, like, you're picking from the best songs in the catalog of like all songs. Like the most songs. recognizable yeah. songs. So, like, when you put it in a set, 
like you throw your original in and it's like you could it's have going a going up against like the best songs. Yeah, it's like dude, <laughs> I'm playing this after <laughs> Semi Charm Life and before Wonderwall and it's like <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, dude. dude, you know? It's like an open micer going in between like mm. Seinfeld and then after him Kevin Hart goes up. <laughs> 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 exactly. So what the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 but uh people were digging it and like um we had band rehearsal tonight we came up with two uh we worked on, a, on another one of my songs that we've been um that i've been working on for a while and then we just kind of sat down at practice and uh we didn't know what else to do and uh i was like joe can you think of like a bass line he was like messing around then i was like i got an idea and i just said b minor and we just started Ooh. like playing something i played some riff and then joe came in and we just like we just wrote a sick ass like no lyrics in or anything like that yeah. but like just the instrument i was like damn dude this is it bro this is fucking it dude. hell yeah so yeah we're we're potting on the balcony right now dom is he paused youtube took his shirt off and is playing with his tits <laughs> In front of a girl <laughs> right now. Classic Dom Selesky. Oh, you know what Dom else happened Selesky. this week? Bill Burr dropped his special, dude. Yeah. Did you catch that? Paper Tiger. I did. Good special. I it. Good, Very good special. Very good. And um, shit. What else? Uh, fucking. Speaking of comedians, oh, uh, dude, my buddy Shane. Yes, that's got exactly. hired and then fired from SNL. <clears throat> I've been. I got so happy for him on Friday, and then I got so sad on Monday when he got fired. That Dude, was such a shitty thing. That was shitty. But you know what? And and the thing is, I watched, like, the video in question, and I was just like, like really? People just lose context on really? everything. And it's like, yeah, I understand that, like, you're not supposed to do those fucking impressions and shit, but it's a comedy podcast. It's in the reference of comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't done in a bad spirit, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, and it's amazing that this guy, and you know, the it's way... It's also like, if you, like, fine, if you want to use that as a jumping board to not like this guy, at least, like, research anything else about him. Like, if you watch any of his comedy, he's so... He bashes like growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania. He makes fun of his dad for voting for Trump and he like makes fun of white trash people all the yeah, time. Like calls it's himself just, white trash. Yeah, it's like it's not some fucking like millionaire son doing this shit. It's some fucking, you know, dude whose dream was to be on SNL and got it mm. and then you fucking took it away from him. What do you think he's feeling about the whole situation right now? Dude, like, I don't know. I mean, like, as a comedian... I just feel so bad for him. I feel bad, but at the same time, like... He's fucking uh, Magoobie's alum, dude. He won New could... Comedian of the Year two years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, I feel he just like... did Umar show in August and headlined it. You know what like they say, He's a local dude. dude. Uh, I heard this quote uh, on the Ben Shapiro show of all places. <laughs> So, you know where I'm coming from on this one. Jeez. And said, that's... <laughs> he said, rap music is not real music. <laughs> Never going to forget that quote. <laughs> <laughs> he said that his mentor growing up said, that's what, that which does not kill me can only make me more famous. And the amount of press that Shane Gillis got from this, if you have to look at it in a positive light, which you have to, because in life, yeah. that happened to him. And like, also, most, like... 
good comedians are backing him up. That's like the other thing too, where like it's like I don't know, there is kind of like an unspoken thing where like comics are supposed to look out for comics. Like mm-hmm. there's that thing, um fucking like Chappelle's special came out recently and like Chappelle's been all over Facebook and like one of his old Laugh Factory clips came up in my news feed. Mm-hmm. And it was him at the Laugh Factory right after the Kramer shit happened. Mm. And he went on stage and he was like, you know, that like made me realize something. Because I saw that and I realized that I'm like 70 for, 70% comic, 30% black. <laughs> because I saw that and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, oh, man. I hope he gets some next show. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's one of those things I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking about all the all the greats, all the comedic greats, and it's like, was Bill Burr on Saturday Night Live? Was Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live? Like, no, like Dave Chappelle's show got canceled. Like they they did like what happened to Shane Gillis? Yeah, he was he was kicked off of Saturday Night Live because at the end of the day, even if it was a dream of his, um, it wasn't like the forum that I feel like. Like that—that's not the, his type of humor, and the, like he would have been successful on that. But also, you're diving into that, like I get—I want to say like corporate mainstream comedy where they don't like. That's not where I see him, his comedy flourishing. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I was excited for it because SNL has been fucking trash for like the last couple of years now. And I saw it as like, a, oh shit, they're actually trying to like bring in funny comics instead of like fucking Ivy League improv, <laughs> fucking you know, yeah. parents paying their rent in New York mm-hmm. so they can go through seven levels of UCB comedian. It's just you know, look, I'm it's not just disappointing on multiple levels. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't suck, and I'm sure that is a huge blow to him in his head and for his career. But at the same time, I was not super familiar with Shane Gillis's work. I had seen him. I, I, when I, when I heard about the whole, cause I, again, I was in, I was on vacation last week when all this kind of like came to light. And so I really wasn't paying attention to social media or anything. And I just, you know, every now and then when I'd pop in on Facebook, I'd see one of the comedians say something about him. And I was just like, okay, this is something I'll look into when I get back. Yeah. And by the time I got back, it had already kind of all taken place. But, I started watching his comedy because of that. Like I started yeah. I, I started looking into him and like I'm a fucking Shane Gillis fan, dude. Not because not because that happened or because of that rant, but like the press that he got and and what happened to him and then when people really looked into it and they were like, Oh wait, like how many people actually really care that much versus how many people saw that and were like, you know what, this guy's actually pretty fucking funny. And, yeah. like, Andrew Yang went on CNN, which I thought was super cool of Andrew Yang. I really like Andrew Yang. I really think he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's, like, the only one. Him and then, like, dude, yesterday, uh, I forget if it was yesterday or the day before, but fucking Norm MacDonald was on Twitter with a fucking sword and shield fighting <laughs> the trolls, dude. <laughs> and he, uh, he, like, sent a tweet out to Shane to be like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like... If there's anything I can do, let me know. Another perfect example. Up. Another perfect example. Norm Macdonald was on Saturday Night Live, and what happened? They got rid of him. They fired him and then brought him back a year later to host it. Mm-hmm. 
And at that point, he went on there and just kind of said, like, he went on there and was like, <laughs> they fired me because they said I wasn't funny. Yeah. Then they brought me on to host. <laughs> Have I gotten funnier? I don't think so. <laughs> that means the show's gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He went back on there and just said, "Fuck you." And and unfortunately, even though as a as a young as a young comedian whose dream was to be on that, and then you finally are brought to that situation where you now are confronted with the possibility of really being on it, and I think probably more than anything was a wake up call to just how just how not like 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 you said like improv students and like hacky fake comedians and shit like that and it's like i don't know it just wasn't yeah. it should it, yeah i don't know i thought i thought that what andrew yang did was cool because and it is a common thing especially i mean uniquely i would say mostly on the uh you know when you're watching like democratic debates and stuff like that like when something like that happens you expect anybody in that pool of people to go on there and start talking about the victimhood and, and all this stuff. And Andrew Yang was just kind of like, he said, you know, he, he, he talked about it like a comedian would talk about it. He was like, mm -hmm. look, you need to understand context and you understand the intent, where he is coming from. And as an Asian American, like I grew up and was exposed obviously to anti-Asian racial remarks and slurs and things like that and impressions and things like that. But I watched that and, and I think it's important just to understand that he wasn't coming from a bad place and he's a comedian and we need to give comedians the room to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's coming from a politician on that side, yeah. which, you know, I can't think of another, I, 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 and maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of another person on that side that would, that would have said that. No, I don't think, I really can't. I don't think anyone would either. Cause you, cause, cause if you think about it, it's like in, in the current climate, in the current climate, the fucking frigid fall climb. <laughs> it's almost Getting as if goosebumps out here. It, yeah, dude. It's almost as if uh, uh I don't want to sound like a jerk when I say this. Um I understand that people go through things like I understand that I'm only speaking from one perspective, but it does feel to me that people will pounce on the opportunity lately to be a victim. Oh yeah, and then they use their vi like their viral fame from being a victim as mm -hmm. a bouncing board to try to get their shitty passion project off the ground. Exactly. Like the dude that like had the clip of Shane like ready in like an hour after the announcement. Like he had it ready, locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He put that out and then once he was getting traction, he was like, oh, now that I've got some new followers, check out my poetry I've been writing. It's like, shut up. Oh, my God. You are a bitch. You're a piece of shit. Dude. And then also he's just like, it's not like this is the only person he's gone after. This is the only one that's worked. Like, he's been trying to get Michael Shea canceled. He's been trying to, like, do it to a bunch of comics. Like, it's just like, this is like, people see this as a new way to being famous. Yeah. Yeah, and it's absolutely. fucking ridiculous. Absolutely, and again... And also, most of these people who are so outspoken about, like, social justice and all this other shit, they're just doing it to make up for whatever shitty thing they did in their life. Mm-hmm. Like, they fucking did something weird to a girl in college, and now, before it gets out, they want to paint themselves in such a good light that anyone who would hear about that coming up, they'd be like, oh, well, he wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. He's been championing for... The Asians and the Jews and, you know, like, it's just fucking, 
Yeah. Ridiculous. Any other any other politic any other politician would have used that opportunity when their when their race was attacked directly, attacked, I'm saying in finger quotes, uh to to platform themselves as a victim and then the same thing that the guy who who exposed who quote unquote exposed Shane Gillis was trying to do and tried to use it like you said as a bouncing board for their own agenda. Andrew Yang could have so easily gone on there and oh, played, yeah. played the Asian pity victim, card, boohoo. Mm-hmm. But also like you don't you don't want a leader to be like that. Yes, you don't. You don't. And I feel like that's something that that I I think that that's something that I really do feel like the tides are are turning a little bit. Um, and I, I look at that and I think that because of, you know, we had the Chappelle special come out and then, and then two weeks or three weeks later, you have the Bill Burr special come out and the public reception to it, even though, but again, it's the vocal minority, that extremely loud and vocal minority that was saying the bad things about Dave Chappelle's special yeah, and the and bad, Bill th- yeah, and the bad thing about Bill Burr, which I actually didn't find Bill Burr's special to be that controversial um i found it to be funny i'd say if there's anything that would be controversial it's like the first 15 minutes Mm -hmm. where i think he has like one or two bits like calling out white chicks yes and Mm -hmm. that's like the prime demographic to be yeah (laughs) and the thing about bill (laughs) burr bloggers (laughs) thing about bill burr is like he has that weekly podcast i think he does like two episodes a week at this point yeah and um so i I listen to a lot of them so i'm very used to bill burr's sense of humor and comedy and so when he came out with that special nothing like took me off guard nothing oh yeah i'm not saying anything took me off guard either but with chappelle picking it apart like that would be it if we're picking apart chappelle's special just because he mentions lgbt shit that's gonna get picked apart yeah but chappelle the thing about chappelle is he's very he's much more of a not I want to say recluse, but like he's not very much in the public eye between specials. Like yeah. he doesn't have a podcast. He doesn't really make any podcast appearances that I know of that and often. Also, whenever he puts out a special, he knows it's fucking vetted in front of you know audiences all across the country. Mm-hmm. He's had like so many people talk to him about it, and he's just funny enough to make anything funny mm-hmm. if you give him enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really do, and also Bill Burr was on uh, the Rogan Experience. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I caught someone to promote it. it. Yeah, and um and he was kind of saying the same thing that uh, that I I do feel like it is kind of t- like it seems like every time one of these incidents happens and somebody gets like exposed or whatever, I feel like the public backlash is much less every time because we're almost getting numb to it. It's like I think even the people that are uh, even the people that might have been more gun ho about it in the beginning are kind of just like, all right, dude, like, I'm over it. Like, I'm over it. We get it. People said bad things at some point in their life or tweeted something bad at some point in their life. And it's like, are we just going to spend the rest of our lives whenever anything happens to anybody? We're just going to dig back in their history and try to find the one thing that, that, that shows them to be a human being. And then try to and then use that to deplatform their entire career. And it's like even even to the common person who doesn't even care that much, it's like, all right, I'm just over it. I'm just over it. Yeah, I mean, we're basically living in a world now where everyone's a politician. Yes, and is being mm-hmm. scrutinized as such, and which is wild because like, I think a big turning point for at least in comedy 
when people started thinking that way was the Daily Show and the success of the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And like John Stewart's amazing, funny dude, really good comic. Daily Show is good, but also like that's not comedy. Like that, if you were to do, if you were to make every comic be like that, comedy would fucking suck. Well, the thing that's interesting that I will say about John Stewart is because I love, I like John Stewart a lot, and um. I think what makes Jon Stewart uh, different in that light is that when he first came out and was doing that, that kind of like, because obviously like comics like him and uh, Bill Hicks, you know, earlier in the 90s and things like that, when they were doing that type of comedy, that type of like woke, like fuck, fuck the government, fuck the power type of comedy, that was edgy. Because the culture of the country at that time, you know, we had George Bush in the White yeah, House. Yeah, and it was and punching up. It was punching up. So, like, so basically, they but were... now the cultural norm is to be policing and all this other yes. dumb shit. And, like... Man, so, yeah, now now John Stewart-style comedy, that the stuff that he was doing in 2004, 2005... What that what was edgy is now like that's the status quo. Everybody's talking shit about the president. Everybody's talking shit about the power and and the system and things like that. And it's like now what's edgy is to like be pretty much the other direction, which is I mean that's I think that's that's the cycle that people talk about it is like one thing becomes a cultural norm and then people just get so tired of turning on Saturday Night Live. And seeing every fucking joke and every fucking skit and every fucking premise for everything being from this one point of view. And then, you know, then you have guys like anybody who comes in that doesn't, isn't a perfect representation of that exact one opinion is immediately ostracized from being allowed to participate. People are like, all right, well, now I'm interested to hear what these guys like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr have to say, you know? You know, I'm not interested in hearing what what Trevor Noah and, and Stephen Colbert have to say. Yeah, you know, Stephen Colbert also just sucks now. Yeah, it's a shame. The only reason people liked him was for his character, and now that he's just his regular weird Christian self yeah. on yeah. TV, mm-hmm. just blows. Yeah, it was better when he was playing the character of because it is weird. He's like a very Stephen Colbert also famously known for his racist ass Chinese character on the fucking Daily Show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about um actually uh somebody brought up a good uh, I think uh David Spade I believe has a show on Comedy Central now. Uh-huh. I think. Oh yeah, he had Bill Burr and Jim uh, Jeffries. Jim Jeffries on. And something that uh, Jim Jeffries I can't remember if it was Jim or Bill Burr that brought it up, but they were talking about oh like, you know, I remember back in like the 70s and 80s uh, you know, when John Belushi did a skit where he was playing a samurai warrior and the whole skit was just him doing a fucking shitty interpret like impression of an Asian person. Yeah. And that was the whole skit and all the humor in the skit was him just being extremely racist towards Asian people and stereotyping them. And that was considered comedy gold back then. That was the golden age of Saturday Night Live. And now all of a sudden you have this guy, Shane Gillis, who who basically, you know, I mean I know he used the word chink, but like, it is kind of it's kind of weird that like, I really do feel like people don't take the Asian stereotypes as seriously and the Asian slurs as seriously. Yeah, well, I think something that they're trying to bring up against Shane too was he was like quoted in in like an article where he was saying like it's kind of hypocritical because like. If you make fun of like a black guy, people will boo. Mm-hmm. But if you make 
fun of an Asian person, everyone's still on board with that. Yeah. And then people are clipping out, if you make fun of an Asian person, everyone's still on board with that. Yeah. Instead of giving it its full context, Mm -hmm. and it's just like more ammunition for him to get canned. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think that a lot of that has to do with the obvious, which is, you know, Asians as a group in this country are actually, even though they only represent about 6% of our population, they're like the highest income the best in education and, and grades and, and careers and things like that. So so it's not seen to be punching down when I mean it's still it's still obviously stereotypical and, and racial, but it's not the same as when you make fun of a you know group that isn't yeah doing well, you know? Which I understand that. I understand that completely. But again it all comes back to what's your intention. You know, Shane Gillis and that guy were on some podcasts that I had never heard of before that. And I'm not, I don't claim to be a podcast connoisseur, so it may or may very well have been a very popular podcast. I don't know. But yeah, like, it's fairly popular. But like, I look at it as like, you know, they were in the same mindset that we are. We are a lot of times when we're just in the studio fucking just talking around, you know, yeah, have Matt Brown on just time, saying shit. Fucking, yeah. Outlandish shit. You know, yeah, and it's like that's that's the light that and you have to look at. And it's all in the context of trying to be entertaining. It's an entertainment podcast. It is in the comedy section of iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking, ugh. I don't know. I think the more I think I think what happens is is it winds up it wi- the reason why it winds up going south for the people that because obviously the people have a motive for doing these things. The people well, that are exposing them. Yeah. Well, and then everyone who thinks by exposing someone for their pet, like, because every year people try to get the new hires on SNL fired. They, like, come through their tweets. Like, last year was Melissa, or, uh, yeah, Melissa Villasenor. Like, they tried to get Leslie Jones on some shit, too. Like, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a thing that happens every year. This time it was just the first one that worked. And I feel like in the back of all these people's heads who are, like, gunning for these people's jobs, they, like, think that, oh, if I take them down, that means I get their job, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll be on SNL then. If this hateful person's not on SNL, that means there's a slot open for me. Yes. Yes. No. That's not how it works. You aren't even funny enough to get an audition. (laughs) That's the crazy thing, too, is, like, you know with this pattern that's happened every year of people digging into people's social media and everything on everyone, you know NBC did the same exact shit, thought all of that was okay, and still hired him. Exactly. They hired him and made the announcement. They didn't make the announcement and hire him. They were already, like, five steps down on the plan of having him on the show Mm -hmm. like it's just and that's and then and then there's their statement they released on monday was like we you know our vetting process just isn't up to standards i guess like and that was their cop-out that's their cop-out for instead of them being like yeah this guy's really funny and we thought he should have been on the show they're Mm -hmm. like well he had a good audition but unfortunately we weren't able to deep dive enough into his previous things that we just have to let let him go now well it's the same way that like i look at it 
you know, I think I look at it the way I, when I was working at Cheesecake Factory, and I used to get so frustrated because when you work for a big corporation like that, at the end of the day, you're just a body filling a space. You're a body filling a space, and you have this multi-billion-dollar industry that you know doesn't. It, it's they don't their their value is not placed towards their employees or who they are. You know, you have a customer come in, they complain about the food, and you know. Again, I've said it before on the podcast, but like, yeah, it's it's pretty much a known thing in the industry. When you go to a place like Cheesecake Factory or any of those major corporate things, like you complain, they're gonna they're gonna take your check, they're gonna comp your check. They're just gonna yeah. they're just gonna give you what you want because they as a, they they have determined, and maybe maybe it does make financial sense to do this, that it's not worth pushing back, and rather it's better to just bend over for anybody who makes a stink, and therefore. That's fine, I guess, if you're a restaurant and if that's what you want to do. But then you're talking about in the world of comedy and the world of entertainment where, especially with comedy more so than anything, part of what makes something funny is the fact that you're exploring new territory and you're doing something that's original and potentially walking the line between what is commonly thought to be acceptable and what isn't. And then you're, you're putting the power of who determines that in the hands of these fucking corporate losers who would rather like Bill Burr says, would rather fire a talented comedian than see one nickel drop out of their thing from bad press. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm saying about Shane Gillis is like, if he, if anything, he's probably, it was probably a wake up call to realize that like, dude, you may have really wanted to be in that forum, but that forum is not meant for someone with your, like that's not, it wasn't meant for you. Clearly, it wasn't meant for him because look at what happened. You know, that's the way I look at it. It's like you can either look at it and look at this terrible tragedy, which it is at the time, or you can look at that as a stepping stone in your career and move forward with the opportunities that you do have. Because there's a lot of good to extract from this situation, too. You know, it's not a necessarily a great look on Saturday Night Live from a large portion of their audience that they were unwilling to back and stand by a certain comedian. Or that they're continuously unwilling to do anything that's on, you know, that 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 breaks the mold, and that's yeah. why people get tired, and that's why nobody really. I mean, that's why it's been declining because it's not doing any. It's not doing what comedy is supposed to be, and then you know you have a comedian that is a comedian's comedian, and he can't fit in in that form. So it's like, well, great. That that says all you need to know about Saturday Night Live. You know, and I think there's only so much. It winds up backfiring because there's only so many times that you can have these instances happen where they make this big deal about it and it gets this big viral outcry. And then, you know, most people are completely unaware, including myself and pretty much everyone, of the thing that people are complaining about. Somebody has to dig down and and that's why they call it manufactured outrage. Nobody was mad about that. Plenty of people had listened to that podcast. Plenty of people had heard it. They may, maybe Asian people, maybe, you know, whoever had heard that podcast and didn't bother taking the lengths to be that pissed off and, and make a big stink about it. Yeah, it wasn't even an Asian guy that initially called him out. It was just yeah. some fucking white blogger. It's people literally, it's like, it's like people that literally are, their job is to go out and find things to make people mad about. And then, you know, the further, the more, the more digging you do, the more you have to reach to try to get attention for what you're complaining about. And then the more people go and look into it for themselves and be like, okay, I, I get it, I guess, but like, how long has like, this clip's been out for, you know, even if it's only been a year or two years, it's like nobody, 
clearly it wasn't a big deal until now, so why did you have to go and make it a big deal now? Yeah. Like, what, what good did you just do by making it a big deal now when nobody cared? Like, it was something in the past. Who knows if he's even, would even have that type of, you know, who knows? But you're the one, you're the one who made it a thing. Not mm-hmm. him. He didn't make that a thing. He doesn't go out and make that his whole career, like, talking like that. and stuff. It was one thing he said some time ago, and then you made it a point to try to dig that out and get people pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. So who's actually, you know, the negative influence in society? You know, that's your entire career. And then the more people do that, the more people look into it and they go, okay, whatever. And then the less they care the next time. You know, how many more instances do we need where something, they make this big deal about it and then you look into it and you're like, I mean. And then it's just like, you don't care anymore. And, and, and the more you don't care, the more you're just like, dude, I'm over it. I've been over it. I've been over it since the fucking started, to be honest. But I know I don't represent everybody or speak for everybody, but. I got to imagine that there are so many people who are way more, I guess, woke than I am that are feeling the same way, the same exact way. It's just getting so fucking old. And there's only so long in the same way where people got tired of the way culture was 15 years ago and the liberal comedians pushed back and pushed against it. And then that became the mainstream. Now it's going the other way where the edgy comedians are pushing back against that. And I, I really do think that in the next probably decade... I think all this shit is probably going to stop, you know, and go the other way, potentially. Who knows? But that's yeah. the way of the world. Yeah, you never know, though. You never know. You want to crush, dude? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Camel Crush is our next endorsement, dude. I'm thinking... We do have to figure something out, though, because if I ever get SNL... <laughs> We had a lot of casts to clean. <laughs> I've already kind of, you know, I also al- not really. I feel like we haven't been that bad on the cast, dude. Honestly, look, I don't stand by everything I've ever said <laughs> in life, but like, you know, I've definitely said some things. Every, at, first of all, people grow, people learn, and so yes, obviously, at some point in my past, I've probably said things that I wouldn't agree with or even think to say now. But honestly, I invite if if we ever get to a point where people feel the need to uh, hold one second. Sorry, guys. I feel like I've podcasted it as like a person that in the back of their head knows that their parents or family might like possibly ever listen. Mm-hmm. I've definitely never gotten too wild on the cast. Yeah, I mean, I've sent some. I've said. I've I've probably gotten. What some would define as wild on the cast, but at the same time, though everything <laughs> everything I've ever said, I, I you could there's nothing that you could find in the history of the hundred and now sixty one episodes, including this one, that if you were to dig it up and put it out to the public, that I would be ashamed of. That I, mean, I it would be it would either be something that I'd be like, yeah, I said it then, uh, and I don't agree with it now, so you know, but obviously. I wasn't coming from a hateful place to the, you know, I knew people were listening and I wasn't afraid to say that because it was something that I believed. And now it's something I, maybe I don't agree with because I grew and I learned or, you know, maybe I still fucking agree with that. You know, whatever. I've said some shit, but like I made, I, I realized a long time ago that I was never going to be the type of person that somebody else was going to put me on. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, I learned that from the first time I got, I I got rejected from University of Maryland 
went to college for no reason for a year, dropped out of that, and just in the back of my mind always knew that if I was going to get anywhere in life, it was going to be because I did it for myself. Yeah. And that does not to say that people don't help you along the way, but I'm talking about like getting put on, like somebody finds you and, and does, oh man, we're going to get you this, we're going to do that. Like, no, that's not how it's going to happen for me. And so because I'm not relying on anybody else or anybody else's opinion, I'm, I don't care what I stand. I, I didn't do this podcast to say what you think I should say. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't, have my career that I have to to play by anybody else's rules. That's why I work for myself, you know. So, and I, I think also that attitude comes across in our podcast, and that's why we got hit up by the big leagues. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You guys will know about that next week. It's a matter of fucking time. Let's baby. just let's just. Say this for now. Promo code LFTS. Promo code LFTS. Do Try have, that on every website. Do you have any idea how stoked I was when they said, let us know what promo code you want to go with? And I was like, dude, I've been planning this for years. LFTS. Promo code LFTS. No question. No question. Obviously. The easiest, dude. And it fits because promo codes are usually four letters, dude. Bingo. It's a no-brainer. Ah, oh, man. Very validating. Very validating to know that somebody's paying attention, you know? For real. Plus, I didn't even think about making a Facebook post, but, like, it's a great opportunity to, like, humble brag a little bit. <laughs> Everybody, you need a humble brag every once in a while, dude. Exactly. Just kind of stunt a little bit. Just be like, yeah, I know none of you motherfuckers ever like when I share every episode every week and I get like two fucking likes. Meanwhile, I know you're seeing the shit because I'll make a fucking stupid ass status and I'll get likes on that. But when I fucking post an episode, nobody gives a flying fuck. <laughs> but now, now uh, what's up? They're about to give a fuck. Dude. Now what's up? They're about to give a fuck thanks to our sponsor. <laughs> Oh man! And you can quote that. <laughs> <laughs> quote us on that, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to say I'm never gonna be on Saturday Night Live, and thank fucking God. Oh, I just remember another thing I did this week. I uh, went to the O's game last night. Ooh, did we win? No. Nice. I left during the seventh inning, though, so I didn't get to see them lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my head, they're still winning. We were winning. Yeah, we were winning uh, when you left. But big fucking moves at the baseball game. Me and Liz got on the big screen Ooh. for the kiss can. Really, dude? Ooh, what kind yeah. of kiss did you go for? The peck or the fucking French? No, I went for it, dude. You went for it, dude. I like. I saw the dude came up to us like, "You guys want to be on the board?" And we're like, "Yeah." And then I pulled out my phone really quick and like zoomed in on the board to take a picture when we we're on it. And it, the picture I got is just, like, me dumbly looking at my phone as, like, Liz is laughing into the camera. <laughs> and then as soon as I got the pic, I just, like, went in. It was just hardcore smooching, dude. I'm almost kind of disappointed that they even consult you. Because I feel like some of the best kiss cams are when they just go to a random group of people and, like, 
somebody that you might have thought was a couple and then like the guy like tries to kiss the girl and she's like what the fuck are you like i feel like that's the best part when like it's like it's just so there were, like funny. no people there last night dude. oh i bet <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, you, you guys are one of four couples here right <laughs> yeah, now yeah would you like to be <laughs> you're you're the only attractive couple here tonight can you guys please make out on the camera please make out <laughs> <laughs> speaking of but the orioles uh our buddy Frazier was there, and he saw he saw he texted my brother, <laughs> said that he saw us making out Let's go. on the screen. Hey, dude, saw you making out on the big screen last <laughs> night, dude. Rad, radical. I met um, Brian Mattis, prolific Orioles pitcher uh, from the 2013, 14, 15, you know, mid 2000s birds when we were actually fucking good. Okay. Don't ever forget about that, people. The Orioles in the early to mid 2000s. 2010s that is early to mid 2010s we were good we went to the we went to the playoffs like three or four times we went to the alcs once i think i couldn't even believe we were in the alcs <laughs> that we we were literally one series away from being in the world series this decade and now we quickly retrograded into being the worst team in major league history but brian mattis was a pitcher when we were the best not the best we were like the third or fourth best and I met him at Admiral's Cup in Fells Point. He turns out he's friends go. with uh, Dustin, who plays drum. He's like, he'll go out and watch Dustin play Hell in like yeah. Fells bars and stuff. And I shook his hand. He was like, dude, I was like, dude, Brian Masters, got to tell you, uh, you were my favorite relief pitcher. I always just call you Automatis. That was my nickname for you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Automatis, baby, Automatis. It's like, dude, the man- I always call you the Mantis sometimes, dude. Like, just to myself. Just so I would see you on the TV. I'd be like, the fucking Mantis, Mantis, baby, let's go. And then whenever you start, like, Automatis, Automatis. I'll get so stoked, dude. And like, it was. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's uh, the drummer again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I was so stoked. Oh, was he cool about it? He was really cool. Hell no, he yeah. was just chilling. He was chilling. I almost kind of felt bad because I, I said you were my favorite relief pitcher, and I feel like I couldn't remember if maybe he was ever a starter. At, uh, I think he was a starter at some point, so maybe he took that as like, damn, damn dude, I was a starting pitcher, and like you just you only like me as a relief pitcher. That's like if I like had like a couple like big songs of my own, and somebody was like, dude, you are my favorite cover band. Like, yeah, fuck, dude, come on. It's like going up to like. Uh, I don't know, like fucking Jim Norton and being like, yo, I loved you when you're a host at the comedy club. <laughs> I loved you as a fourth mic on O&A, nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you had your own career? I did not know that. Oh, you have your own show now? Uh, my bad. Yeah, but that was really cool. I had to think what else. Now that like we're actually sitting here podcasting, I'm realizing that borderline nothing happened to me in the past ten days except for that one <laughs> awesome fucking thing <laughs> that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think about it? Like, how many awesome things can happen to you in a ten day span? It's I like, know yeah. it's like no, Jim, especially just, when something that cool happens. Exactly, it's like damn. No, you just gotta talk about like uh, the the gig at the point. Talk about the point, baby. It's like, yeah, man, I played uh, Purple Rain. Eric's mom was there. <laughs> she said I was really good. Oh, uh, yeah, they loved you, dude. Um, shit. 
Oh, that music video came out. Seventy-seven K views. Last I checked. Yeah. Check out check out uh, me and Jimmy's cameo, the LFTS cameo in Disco Fry's Family Affair, the new music video they just put out on uh, Spinning Records. You guys will recognize the tune. It's a remix of uh, I believe it was Mary J. Blige's. Uh, forgot the name of the song. Family Affair. Probably a fun Family Affair. Yeah. Let's get it percolated. It was sick. Yeah. We had a, uh, I think if you combined our cameos, it, w- it added up to 1.2 seconds, but like, <coughs> we're in that. First shit. shot in the music video is my hand turning that radio on. Your hand made it? Yeah, my hand Hell made yeah, it too. Dude. I got two cameos. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, and then, um, I don't think we've podcasted since this either. Me, my brother, and Dan and Marissa went to SneakerCon in D.C. Mm. Dan got tickets a while ago. <laughs> and guess what they had there, dude? Besides sneakers? It was a sneaker. They had the Betsy Ross Nikes, dude. They are selling them for 2 k a pop, dude. But I was like... If these were affordable, I would totally get Absolutely. these and rock them, dude. I remember thinking they this. looked so cool. As soon as those things dropped and then got undropped, because that's all that ever happens anymore. Something <laughs> happens and then it gets retracted. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't know that there was one dude who didn't like that idea. We'll take it back. But as soon as those things got retracted, it's like that's like obviously that's gonna be fucking like the dopest shit to have. Now. I know. It's like that's dope. It's like if Kaepernick got picked up by a team right now, like that would be unbelievable. Just because everybody would be like, holy shit, like get a Kaepernick jersey. Yeah. It was like when I inadvertently was super dope in middle school and Ricky Williams uh, was suspended from the NFL for like an entire like season or two for smoking weed and not passing a drug test. <laughs> and then I, my mom knew that I wanted a jersey, so she went to Walmart or Target and saw that Ricky Williams jerseys, she didn't know anything about the situation. He was playing mm-hmm. for the Dolphins at the time. Yeah. She noticed that they were literally like one, off. Yeah, one <laughs> fourth the price of every other jersey. <laughs> and so literally I was walking around. She got me, kid you not, she got me a Ricky Williams jersey and a Michael Vick jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking around with two guys who had been suspended from the NFL <laughs> for crime. And I was just like, at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much. I was like, dude, that was dope, really though. That's that was fucking sick, yeah. dude. <laughs> I did a Ricky Williams jersey. Hell yes, bro. Fuck, that's so sick. That is awesome. <laughs> I know uh, Dan and Marissa. I know Marissa really wanted to see a comedian in the area because they were talking about it at a hot set when I went to go see you. Go. And, yeah, and, it uh, was. Uh, I don't. I for, it was one of the dope queens. Mm. I don't want to say a name because apparently you did not. Well, want to see? I that didn't comedian. know if it was Phoebe Robinson or. Um, I forgot the other one's I name. I feel like right it now. was Phoebe because I feel like that name rings a bell. And yeah, it would only ring a bell if Marissa had said it because I'm not familiar with the dope queens. Yeah, I mean they're funny, but it's just not like a comic I'd want to see. You're live. not a dope queen. Dude. I'm not a dope queen, yeah. dude. Marissa's Sorry. dope queen. I apologize. Dope queen. I know what this kind is of gonna come back there? to bite me? But I am not a dope queen. <laughs> um, I mean, there. I mean, there's comics, you know. Sick. But like, did you pick up any sneaks? Or did you pick up those sick ass flip flops? <laughs> nah, I've had these. <laughs> That's I've had where these you go. flops. Flopcon, dude. Yeah, Flopcon. <laughs> flopcon. It was funny. There's some kid dressed up 
as if it was like an anime convention. He was wearing like a sneaker costume. (laughs) (laughs) He was dressed up as a shoe. It was so funny. My brother keeps telling me I got to stop wearing flip-flops. Lucas keeps telling me I got to stop wearing flip-flops. And I'm like, they're like... some Birkenstocks? Get some Tevas. <laughs> those, those, even I wouldn't go for them. Let your puppies breathe, dude. Honestly, you know, I used to rock sandals like sandal sandals back when I was like a little kid, and yeah. I used to think those shits were cool as fuck. Like you got a fresh pair of sandals when you were a kid. Like I was, uh, like, yeah, damn, dude. Every year at the beach, I'd look forward to getting a pair of sandals. And now, but like, then. Rocket Power came out, and I was like, nah, I'm not a shooby. I'll walk shoo-by. around with no... I'll just walk around bare feet and hurt my feet <laughs> on the hot tar and <laughs> sand. Because that's what a non-shooby does, dude. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be cool, so I'm hurting myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that, like, sandals, even even for someone like myself who, who appreciates uh, doing stuff that people are like, what the fuck? Even 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 sandals to me are just like uh, I don't know. I feel like that is a lame look. <laughs> that is a lame, is un- objectively lame footwear. I mean, there's a time and place for sandals for sure. I think whenever I mean, this is a bad thing for me to say because we're both wearing pants and sandals right now. But I feel like the pants and sandals look doesn't look too good. It's very European. It is. And Europeans and that's are what known I keep for telling being myself. stylish. <laughs> yeah. You got the Adidas. I got the Adidas the flops too, Adidas dude. Adidas trainers and Adidas flops, dude. Yeah, I mean they want? match, dude. That's all I can do. I even went a step further and cuffed the bottom of my pants today. Yeah. Scott Albrecht circa 2013 style, dude. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, feel, I mean, look, I'll say this. I'll be the first to tell you, my feet are potentially some of the least attractive that's probably the least attractive part of my body i have very hairy toes and i do understand that people don't want to see that they don't want to see that they don't want to see that but i always make sure my toenails are clipped like i'm not like one of those yeah i never i never wear flip-flops unless i have like groomed up nails on my feet yeah if i have like fucking long ass nails with like black shit in the corners i'm not Mm -hmm. wearing flip-flops my brother was like you know because I was wearing like something other than a white T-shirt when we went out on Thursday night in Ocean City, and then I, we went to Secrets with uh, my mom, and it wound up being like super fucking packed, which is awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was Bike Week that week, and like every every single person that was in Ocean City that night was in Secrets. Like everywhere else was pretty much like Damn. whatever. Ponzetti's was really fun. We got a little twisted at Ponzetti's. Nice. Um, but then we went to Secrets and saw like they had two bands going. Both bands were sick. There was a band called uh, Tuesdays Gone in the in the big nightclub side. Which uh, there was a, like a Leonard Skinner cover band, and they were super fucking dope. And then we went out, and and then in the front room there was like this country band, and like they were just super awesome. And the lead singer chick was very fucking hot. And my brother found her on Bumble. They didn't Ooh. match, but she was definitely on Bumble. I was like, "That's a chick, dude. That's a chick. That's a chick." <laughs> my brother was like, "My brother was like, uh, you know, you, uh, you." This is probably like the best dress I've seen you. The only thing I'd say is like, you know, at your age, like I think you should stop wearing flip flops. I was like, at my age, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I was thinking, beach. Yeah, dude, where the fuck? Also, what the fuck? They're calling you out for sandals at the beach. Yeah. What? I thought it was like you guys went out in Towson and Lucas and Dom were like, you shouldn't wear flip flops. No, Lucas constantly calls me out on flip flops. (laughs) He's like, dude, can you stop wearing flip flops, bro? Like. I don't do what you do for a living, bro. Uh, I do what I do for a living, dude. I play <laughs> music. Like, that's flip-flop-esque. And, like, I... But at the same time, I can sympathize with it because there is, like, when you see, like, an old man, not an even, not an even, like, an old man, but, like, even, a, like, a middle-aged man wearing flip-flops, it just kind of has this kind of, like, 
grimy look to it for yeah. some reason. I don't know. We're not middle-aged men Exactly. Yet. That's what I was saying. I was like, dude, I'm 27. Like, I get I'm not 21. But yeah. at the same time, I'm not like, I'm still like in my prime, dude. Yeah. You can wear flip-flops in your prime. Exactly. I was thinking about it. I was like, uh, when is it? out of my prime? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no. yeah, I'm my prime, dude. I was walking by, I did a, I was producing for uh, the confessional podcast today with Mike Moran mm-hmm. and uh, we, uh, which actually I want to talk about a couple things on that too because we had a couple dope things happen with that that I'm just now remembering. But before I get to that, uh, we had Migs and Greg Kadachki on today. Yeah. And um, Greg Kajitski or something. Kajitski. He Greg just goes K. by Greg K. Greg yeah. K. And uh, and Migs Rodriguez, who's another. Yeah, dope I went to Greg's guy. tamale party on Saturday. That was fun. Another. We talked thing. a little bit about Hot Set on there. Yeah, he was yeah. talking about potentially He's doing, doing the it. next one. Yeah. Yep. And we talked. We dropped your name. Plugged LFTS, which is always a blessing because they get a ton of listeners. And I plugged Hell that. Yeah. I plugged that shit hard as fuck at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> but um, I was walking back and I was thinking about because I was wearing flip flops and of course I heard Dom's voice in the back of my head at your age. Just like a fucking, like the fucking ghost from Lion yeah. King, like fu- Jimbo, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, at your age. The aberration of fucking Dom's face was floating over yeah, here. Dom wearing you a fucking, wear flip-flops Dom wearing age. a fucking Budweiser crop top, dude. Like, oh, <laughs> at your age, you should be wearing flip-flops. Like, the fuck? Oh, bro. Wearing and a girl's, like, <laughs> denim fucking shirt with tassels on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wear flip-flops. <laughs> you think you are, dude. Who you think you are, dude? And I was thinking, he's I was rubbing like, his nipples. I was like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Gee, on Snapchat. Why do you always do this? <laughs> why are and you was, trying to get attention? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, am I... When is, when, like, when is my prime going to be? I've always been one of those... I've always imagined that my prime is going to be early 30s. Because I think at that point... I'm still gonna have, I'm still gonna have it like the swag, young guy yeah. swag. Hopefully, because I was a late bloomer, but uh, I'll probably be a lot further along in my career at that point. To the point where I'm like, oh, not only am I like still still rocking it, still rocking it, but now I'm like also killing it too, career wise. Yeah. So like that's definitely my fucking prime, dude. 27, dude, like yeah. I'm still. I just want to like, because I, I always remember we made those jokes, and I would always be like, dude, you don't peak. So you can grow a beard. Once you grow a beard, that's when you peak. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm, I still can't grow a beard. I too. Grow a beard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting there. Somebody, I was playing at Riptide last night, and one of the bartenders was like, "I like what you're doing with that shadow, dude." And I was like, "This oh. is all I can do." I was like, "Oh, sick." <laughs> this dude. is as much as I can get my beard. I too. got a legitimate compliment on my facial hair, <laughs> and that wasn't like, dude, shave. <laughs> we get it. You can almost grow facial hair, but yeah. it doesn't look good. They were like, yeah, I like it. I was like, oh, yeah. sick, dude. The one time I grow facial hair, and then after I shave it, people aren't like, oh, yeah, I like it better when you shave. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I know I'm a man. <laughs> when I can finally grow a beard that people are like, oh, I wish you didn't shave. Once you look better with a beard than without a beard, you have peaked. Officially. Yeah. You have officially peaked. Um, but anyway, oh, okay, so that's what I was going to talk about. So, um, as you may recall, we were contacted by a talent agency on that Live from the Studio podcast a few weeks ago uh-huh. um, promoting a man by the name of Dr. Miami, who was yeah. a celebrity <laughs> surgeon. And, uh, of course, Eric and I have one rule on the podcast, and that is we don't do phoners, dude. We don't do Skypes because it just doesn't it doesn't fit the vibe. It doesn't fit the vibe. Yeah. Um, so, I... Toss him down the line. I said, "Look, 
if any of your clients ever pass through Baltimore, please let us know. We'd love to have them through. But in the meantime, I produce a podcast called Confessional with Mike Moran. It, gets a, it has a huge following. And uh, they do phone and Skype interviews all the time. Mm-hmm. So he tossed us Chef Jerome Brown. Ooh. Chef Jerome Brown was a personal chef for Shaquille O'Neal. He was the head chef for Barack Obama's inaugural ball in wow. 2008 or 12, one of the two, probably 2008, because that would have been the inaugural. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine, I don't know if you can get inaugurated twice, but I actually, maybe, I don't fucking know. He, uh, just like, he's a personal chef for like so many famous people. I can't even, like, th- he had like a list that like blew my fucking mind and Jesus. it went great. And then, um, we had the next week the podcast went so well that the talent agent tossed us another one of his clients which was <sighs> papa he was a dj from the house of avion and like huh. michael fur was the guest co-host uh-huh. and he didn't even know who the guest was and when he showed up and uh mike was like yeah our guest today is this dj blah 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 and it turns out that it was like one of michael fur's favorite djs he was like oh, a huge yeah. huge house dj from the 90s holy and shit and like like michael used to go to the shows and things like that and he was like i mean michael was just blown away and the podcast went great the topic was uh superheroes favorite superheroes nice. both of them mike michael is surprisingly oh he's a huge so fan knowledgeable of superheroes. About just like superheroes. He, i mean his knowledge I mean, no, is just, he has that like marvel bag and shit that yeah, he always he's has just, he oozes knowledge about superheroes yeah, yeah. And the guy liked him so much. He was like, "Dude, I've been working on an anime. I've been trying to work on this animated series, and I'd love to bring you on as like a consultant, writer, something like that." That's so. And got sick. his contact info, and like those interviews are going so great that this this agent, who you know, whenever you get an email, especially when you're at our level, it's like it's only a one in ten chance that it's actually going to be of substance because so many people yeah, are just yeah. reaching out. Like when you're at our level, people understand that like we are doing it enough to where they can reach out to us and be like. Oh, we, but it's like how many people are actually doing anything that's actually like beneficial to either party. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people reach out with a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But every now and then we'll get an email of like something that turns out this this guy, Dominic Natty, I think, or something like that, at whatever agency, uh, just has the fucking clients, dude. That's and so he's just sick. sending them our way and so it's you're just so like getting like dope. once every other week or we did two in a row we that's did chef sick. chef jerome brown uh the episode that's the most recent episode just got released on tuesday we recorded that last week uh this past tuesday it was released uh it's on confessional podcast spotify everything like that and then um the papa house of avion episode will be uh released What's today? Wednesday? Next Tuesday. Why did I say last Tuesday like it wasn't yesterday? (laughs) 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 Next Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. Dude, that's sick. That's been really cool. Just like it's starting, you know, what's cool is like I look at at it as kind of a metaphor and um, I am down to 189 now in my weight loss. Uh, Started at. When I left for L.A., I was, like, 207, so I'm at, like, 16 pounds, lost weight in the past, like, six weeks or something like that, seven weeks. And the thing that I take away from what you learn from when you go on any type of, I don't want to say quest or, like, a journey or my my weight loss journey. (laughs) (laughs) My weight loss journey to a better me. (laughs) But, like, things become the new normal. 
I remember there was a time when I would step on the scale four weeks ago, and if I was 197, I was like, dude, I am killing the fucking game. If I stepped on the scale and was 197 now, that would be horrifying. Horrifying. (laughs) I'd be like, how the fuck (laughs) am I? I remember after my birthday, I like fucking pigged out on August 20th, my birthday, because I was like, dude, I'm not going to fucking hold back. I'm getting everything. I want Katmandu Kitchen, burgers. I'm going to the fucking balcony. I'm fucking getting McDonald's at the end of the night. Anything (laughs) I fucking want. And like... The next day I woke up and it was 200 pounds. And I was like, holy Fuck. shit. And <laughs> Not again. <laughs> yeah. But like that was still seven pounds lighter than what I was three weeks before that. Yeah. You know? So it was like that was like a backtrack from what used to have would have been a major accomplishment. I remember the first time I broke 200 and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm under 200 now. This is sick. But like that's the same thing with uh, anything in life. It's like uh, we're doing this kind of stuff. Um and and it starts to get noticed and it starts to f- become validating at a certain degree and we're we're making very gradual and progressive progress but it's so gradual that like it just becomes the new normal to the point where you don't even really appreciate it for how much progress you've actually made mm-hmm. like if i would have stepped on the scale and been 189 four five weeks ago it would have i would have been like holy shit but now i just step on the scale and i'm 189 i'm like okay whatever yesterday i was 189.8 yeah. So like, it's your new normal, and so I guess that's why I, I, I'm like so many things have been going very well. Yeah. Very well, and I'm blanking. I was finding myself on this podcast kind of blanking on like what to talk about because it just seems normal. Yeah. It just seems normal. It never, you know. And I I, I assume that there are certain points in life when just this massive breakthrough happens. Um. But so far, it's always just been this, like, a stairwell. Just yeah, the stairwell, next step. and then each step makes sense, so you don't even think about it twice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's the way I've learned that it's... Anybody we've ever brought on, we talked to Mark Norman the first time, and we talked to him, and he kind of said the same thing. It was, you know, we would always ask those kind of, like... N- looking back, you know, they were good questions, but, like, looking back, they were kind of noob questions to a degree, or at least, like, kind of just, like, cliche questions, like, when did you first, like, what was your first big breakthrough? And he just kind of was just like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. I just was doing, I stuck with comedy and kept doing it and kept getting better, and things just kept happening progressively, and now I'm where I'm at, where I'm at now. And there was never necessarily this gigantic moment where all at once, you know, it's kind of like, um, that Big Sean line, I don't know if it was Big Sean or J. Cole, or one of those guys, I think it was Big Sean, that said, uh, it took a long time to happen overnight. Yeah. So, overall, very stoked. And I'm very, very stoked. Very stoked for next for week. For you guys to find out about what about the big surprise big is. News. Yes. It might be a good thing to go out on. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice little sentimental. We're over an hour. Mm-hmm. About like hour 15 right now. Prime time. Prime time for some plugs. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, this Friday on my birthday, I'm finally turning 27. Woo! Woo! And I'm also opening for Mike Racine at Zissimo's. I think all the pre-sale tickets are gone, but there should be tickets at the door. Um, come out to that. It's going to be me, Matt Brown, friend of the show. Uh, Beth Hayden's also on the show, funny comic. And Mike Racine coming down from New York to do a little headline gig. It's going to be a good time. Check that out. Uh, next Wednesday is Hot Set. 
September 25th at the Crown. Every fourth Wednesday of the month, we do hot set there. Every second Wednesday, I do top secret. Uh, so come out to those. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, uh, I have some other stuff coming up, but I don't feel like looking at my phone. What <laughs> do you got, Jimmy? Uh, let's see. I'm going to release this episode tomorrow. So today is Thursday, guys. If you're listening, I will be at High Tops tonight with Mike Manos. Uh, the last time I was scheduled to play a duo with Mike Manos, we showed up and there was somebody else playing, um, <laughs> which is a very frequent occurrence for any time I book anything with Mike. So uh, there is about a 50-50 shot that I will be at High Tops tomorrow night from 9 to 1 with Mike Manos. I hope it goes through because uh, he's my longest tenured duo partner. Hell yeah. And... Uh, it's just always a fun time playing with him. Uh, let's see. Next week, I will be at Lock Bar on Wednesday, September 25th from 9.30 to pretty much close. Uh, it's a little solo gig right in Harbor East. Very bougie. Very nice. Uh, cool place. That Friday, I'll be at the horse you came in on in Fells for a little happy hour shindig. Uh, Friday, September 27th, 530 to 9.30 if you're in Fells for a happy hour swing through. I'll be doing that solo, I believe. Actually, I might be doing that with Mike Manos, too. Big big, big month for Mike Manos. Uh, if you're in the Bel Air area, I will be playing at the Hickory Lodge on September 28th. That's a Saturday from 3 to 7. Nice little lunch evening gig. I know that's like the spot for you guys up in Bel Air. The Lodge <laughs> is a really cool place. It's like the Bel Air high tops almost. It's very cool. I always enjoy playing there. And then other than that, my classic plugs, every second Friday of the month, I am at the Point in Towson with the full band, sophomore, John Burkhard, Thunder Club, and Joe Niehaus of Lloyd's World, I believe. Uh, that's 9 to 1 Friday. October 11th is the next one for that. And as always, every Sunday, every Sunday from 10 to close at the horse you came in on in Fells Point, I'm rocking out. Last Sunday uh, was really fucking packed for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. People were out and about. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's always a fun time. It's always a fun time. So you can catch me there as well. Other than that, at Jimmy Selesky on Twitter and everything, really. Nobody yeah. follows me on Twitter, uh, even though a lot of people follow me on Twitter because yeah, I, I have a like bot. I feel like no one uses Twitter anymore, dude. Yeah, I don't know how to use Twitter. I literally just use it as like a notepad now. I, I use it as like drafts for Facebook statuses. I like <laughs> post it on Twitter, and if it even gets one like, I'm like, oh, this is an easy 40 likes on Facebook. Just easy. <laughs> if I can even get one Easily person scales like to that. acknowledge. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's monumental. Uh, yeah. yeah, and at LFTS Podcast on literally everything. Find us on Spotify. Please do. I don't know how to track our listens on Spotify. I'm just yeah. going to assume we have thousands. Thousands. iTunes, everything. I'm at Eric Laser across the board. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.